Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And it looks like we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, Peyton Manning, we know, had uh, didn't play a part, per se, in the Russell Wilson trade. Although I guess you could make that argument because Russell Wilson did check in with him before officially signing off on the trade, kind of getting the recommendation testimonial on Denver and what it means to play for the Denver Broncos. But he, uh, we learned he's actually been a little bit more involved in making sure the Broncos and Russ have the right plan in place for him to kind of ease into his new football home uh, with as little bumps, as few bumps in the road as possible. Yeah, he didn't uh, give any specifics to the Denver Post, Ryan O'Halloran, but he talked about the do's and the don'ts of playing quarterback for the Broncos and playing in the Mile High City. Anything Peyton Manning can impart to Russell Wilson is valuable, but it's not exactly gospel. I hate to be a wet blanket because Peyton Manning said the same things to Drew Locke about playing quarterback for the Broncos. That didn't lead to more success for Locke. So it's a nice story on April 4th, but ultimately it'll come down to how well Russell Wilson plays on the field. Is he entering the back half of his prime is he going to bounce back from an injury march season last year that's up to russell wilson to prove and he'll have no better opportunity i mean playing for a coach like hackett playing in an offense with as many weapons as he has playing behind arguably the best offensive line he's had in quite a while it's all right there for russell i'm happy peyton manning's still involved though with broncos happenings it's another um, exhibit in the case that Peyton Manning is at heart a Bronco and not a Colt. Here's uh, what he told O'Halloran, quote, I've talked to Russell a number of times and we've had conversations about some of the things that helped me in my transition to a different team that I think can apply to anybody making the jump, especially after being in a place for a long time. I've had conversations with Coach Hackett as well about some of those things, maybe some do's and don'ts that help me and can certainly apply. And Russell can hit the ground running here in his first year, close quote. I like that phrase, Zach, hit the ground running, because that is absolutely what uh, Peyton Manning did when he arrived in Denver. Okay, last thing, Manning, this is, I'm quoting now NFL.com, who's aggregating the Denver Post article. Quote, Manning noted he probably doesn't have enough time to go through all the things that are special about Russell's game, but he did say this, just his leadership and his work ethic, you start there and then you obviously get to the abilities and talents on the field, his ability to scramble out of the pocket, also make every throw from within the pocket, that's something that is unique, and then the fact he's going to work very hard to get his timing down with his 
receivers. Close quote. So, Zach, there's two quarterbacks under the sun that defeated Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson happens to be one of them, and here he is, you know, being a good ambassador and helping him kind of ease into things in uh, Denver. I'm happy you pointed out Russell Wilson's scrambling ability as well because it's a component to Wilson's game that no one's really talking about. Obviously, he's lethal through the air as a future Hall of Fame quarterback, but what he can do on the ground, his pocket maneuverability, even at 33 years old, is still going to be pretty helpful for the Broncos offense. So it's nice. It's a, it's a nice story connecting one former Broncos legend to potentially the next Russell Wilson's going to walk in Peyton Manning's shoes as a veteran quarterback and established franchise guy that comes to Denver and could ride off in the sunset with another championship to his name. Guys, so much more to get to um, because I want to actually reminisce a little bit more about Peyton Manning's transition to becoming a Bronco and kind of projecting that for Russell Wilson. There is a lot, lot more to get to on that front. Um, want to see what's on your mind relative to the happenings. Bunch of different uh, news articles we got to get to today in case you missed it. Jay, jumping in. JJ, appreciate that super sticker. By the way, dude, double-checked on your order, got lost in the shuffle somehow. It hasn't arrived to you. So just barely, literally, right before we went live tonight, we put in a new order for you. So you'll probably see that since it's beginning of this week. You should be seeing it. I know you're up in the great white north, but – Maybe end of this week, probably first of next week. So if you get to middle of next week and you haven't seen it yet, please shoot me an email. Appreciate this super sticker. Appreciate your support, big dog. Really do. And uh, Rello Takeover jumping in. Appreciate you. Early, by the way. Thanks for that, Rello. He says, uh, pumped and ready for this season. Hashtag let's ride, baby. Yes, indeed, Zach. The let's ride thing, you know, it's got some legs. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, uh, Sam Bam, and then we're going to handle some matters of business. Thank you for your patience and getting in early in the chat with the Super Sam. That's very cool. Uh, Jay Anrello. Sam says, happy Monday evening, Broncos country. Ready to enjoy the podcast while watching the championship game. Going to go with Pookie's Tar Hills to win it all. Zach, how much, if at all, are you following March Madness? Not much this year. I've been really consumed with the NFL and the Broncos and Russell Wilson. I know it's Kansas and North Carolina. I'm pulling for Kansas personally. I like their program they have out there, but whoever wins, wins. Yeah, you know what? When I was a young warthog back in the 90s, date myself a little bit here, I freaking loved all things college basketball. But um, And I love basketball. love following the NBA, the whole nine yards. But as I got more and more into what I do for a living and and delivering the Broncos news analysis to you guys. I haven't been able to stay on top of that as much as I. All right, Zach, real quick. I want to come back to a couple things on the front of Peyton Manning, but first got to give you guys an update. We're only, what are we? Four days into the month of April and the super chat rankings. I got to tell you, it's really cool to see some of the newer names already in the top five. I mean, of course, Ethan at the top, Sam Bam has staked his claim already at number two. Uh, Kenny Booker, he's a legend at number three. Paul, but never in the top five, right? Paul at uh, three. Travis Weber tied. So those are your top five, technically tied at three. And then some of these other names like Tom and G, Cottonmouth, Dave from Georgia, Fernando, Hunter, the Duchess, obviously is a, is a legendary player. She'll, I'm sure, be a factor in this thing by the time the dust settles. So much love and respect. As you guys know, at the end of this month, we will take the top five finishers on Super Chat put their names in a hat, raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners 
choosing. But Zach, back to Peyton Manning. You know, people think that when Peyton came here back in 2012, that it was just sunshine and rainbows out of the gates. And even though the Broncos were obviously in capable hands with Peyton Manning, you could still see the effects of number one missing the entire previous season because of his neck. And then the effects of those four neck surgeries, because the Broncos actually struggled out to a, they won their opener against Pittsburgh, but they ended up getting started at like, it was either two and three or two and four before that momentous second half comeback against the chargers on Monday night football. That was historic. And then they went on an 11 game winning streak in the rest is history. So Peyton Manning, you know, it took him a quarter of a season to really settle in, but his situation, Zach, was a little bit more unique in that he was overcoming a, not only a change in terms of, you know, playbook, supporting cast, coaches, all that, but he was dealing with a physical, the the remnants of a physical issue that had cost him a, a year of football. But motivated by the same thing Russell Wilson is, which is his former team pretty much turning their backs on him and kicking him to the curb and discarding him for the next great thing under center. I think Russell Wilson is out to prove to the Seahawks, to the whole NFL, that he's still an elite top whatever quarterback case you want to make for him, top five, top ten, and he's going to pay off uh, those dividends with the Broncos. I firmly believe that, and I think he's out to prove that. Dude, I'm so excited. Lana. Thank you so much for being in the chat. Now I re I know we settled this, but now I can't remember. Is it Lana or Lena? Scott, Lana, thumbs up. Lana. Lana. Lena, Lana. Lana. Okay, I'm going to try and remember that. I'm going to try and remember that. Appreciate you. Thank you, Lana. Um, okay, Zach, a couple quick news items. We can keep coming back to this Peyton Manning thing because it's very interesting. We're all excited about the prospect of competent, nay, dynamic, quarterback play returning to the Mile High City. But, Zach, you had a couple of interesting articles today at milehighhuddle.com reporting on the Broncos kind of pre-draft trail. We've got some veritable breadcrumbs. And I want to start with this because I, I saw a lot of people going, um, what the heck? Why are the Broncos kicking the bushes on quarterback when they've got Russell Wilson? But not only did they uh, hold an extensive pre-draft visit, with Miami quarterback Derek King, but it sounds like, you know, there's a reason for that, right? It's not just a smokescreen. They like this kid. Yeah, there's, I guess there's uh, much to like about King as a prospect, not much as a quarterback, but he started his career as a wide receiver at Houston and he transitioned to quarterback in his second year in college and transferred to the Hurricanes program and played quarterback for them. He strikes me as like a Kendall Hinton type. He's 5'9". That's not prototypical quarterback height, nor receiver height for that matter. 196, as you point out there. Um, he's a role player. You know, he's a gadget type guy. He can, maybe he can be a receiver and a quarterback for you in a pinch. This is an undrafted prospect, though. The Broncos can sign in the eighth round, so to speak. They don't have to burn a draft pick on King. Uh, I think just the Broncos are being just um, due diligence with every offensive prospect, whether it's a receiver quarterback, just because they have Russell Wilson doesn't mean they're not going to add to the stable to use Nathaniel Hackett's term. So I like the fact they're turning over all these rocks and, and trying to find a, uh, a gem. Yeah, this is a guy. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to clarify this. You know, he's projecting at the NFL level, even though he's working out as a quarterback and all that teams are kind of projecting him as a wide receiver, similar to Kendall Hinton. Now, Russell Wilson, you know what? He's not your prototypical six foot plus, you know, six three, six four, six five, six six, even uh, NFL prototype quarterback. He's five eleven. You know, he probably has to really, you know, 
make sure he's seeing his chiropractor on the reg, Zach, to make sure he clocks in at 5'11", keeping those joints nice and fluid so he can get that full 5'11". King, 5'9". Look, he's going to be a wide receiver. And the Broncos, they have an uh, embarrassment of riches at wide receiver now. So the, perp- the, the point of them uh, going out and spending too much draft capital on a wide receiver, especially a guy like this, as you said, he's either going to go late or undrafted. Fans, you got to remember, this is just the Broncos doing their due diligence. Another point, too, that Sam points out, I want to make a note of, yeah, he had a shoulder injury previously, then he tore his meniscus, then I believe he had an ACL injury. This is a as developmental and raw as a prospect as you'll find in this draft class. And if they sign him as an undrafted free agent, as a project, fine, but I would not burn a draft pick onto Eric King. The next guy we talk about, maybe he's worthy of a draft pick. Let's get into that as soon as we wow. say hello and much love and Thank you so dang much to the Duchess Michaela Parker with a very, 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 very generous super chat. We love you. We appreciate you. She says, show me the money, LOL. Thank you so much, Michaela. You and all of our great supporters. Here's another one uh, helping to keep the lights on here. Thank you so much. That's why it's literally we, we don't really go out and actively push hard to recruit or find sponsor partners because we have you guys, right? Every once in a while, we'll... um you know, we'll have an opportunity that we think is a good fit, but it's you guys that keep the lights on here as far as our podcast programming goes. So thank you, Michaela. She says, you say, let's ride. I say, let them rip. Dangerous, let them rip. MHH forever. Yeah. Zach, what do you think of that? You know, it's a self-appointed uh, nickname, Dangerous. You know, I think that's what he used. Is it his Twitter account? I can't remember, yeah. but what do you think of that little uh, <laughs> nickname? Truthfully, I don't find him as corny as everyone else seems to make him out to be, but I think that is a little corny. It's something that would be like an AOL instant messenger scream name back <laughs> in the day. I, I don't know that I would go with that if I was a full-grown adult married to Sierra, um, but I'm cool with them regardless. By the way, Russ, when Sierra's in the building, always know where uh, Nathaniel Hackett is because that dude was excited to meet his wife. Zach, you hinted at this. The Broncos had a virtual combine visit with Michigan running back Hassan Haskins. We can go through this, but what's the gist for for, uh, the community? Well, this is a guy, as I wrote, he has more thunder than lightning. He's a big bully type of running back, power type of running back, six foot one, 229, I believe, 223, uh, 228. So he's kind of more like Javante than he would be like a Melvin Gordon or a, a scat bag type of compliment to Javante. But he does have a fifth round grade. And as you can see, uh, the Bleacher Report draft scout, Nate Tice, compared him to Dare. I don't want to butcher that last name, but he plays for the Texans right now at running back. So a fifth round developmental type, if they want to burn a pick in the middle rounds, I personally would prefer a guy with a little more wiggle. They don't need a bruiser because they have Javante, but I like the fact, again, they're turning over every rock and they're not satisfied with their current stable. They want to add more running backs, whether it's Melvin Gordon at 2.5 million as his market value right now is projected to be, or a rookie like Haskins. I'm cool with both. See, the Broncos have a, a nice top-heavy running back depth chart, but guys, when you get past Mike Boone, it's Demaria Crockett and then nothing. Like They have to add multiple running backs during this draft cycle. And you look at Haskins, and uh, you know he's interesting. Remember, Clinton Portis, 5'10", 225, 220, 225, somewhere in there. This dude's six foot two, two twenty eight. What does Derrick Henry weigh? 
Like 250, the guy's like a freak of nature. So 247 pounds. All right, so that's tipping the scales. Uh, Terrell Davis, as an example, he was 5'11", 210. So this dude's tall, and he's got just enough meat on his bones to make that uh, that size probably work for him really, really well. He's an intriguing option, but he's just one, Zach, of many options in this class. You're going to see the Broncos, again, whether it's the draft itself or the college free agent ranks, you're going to see at least two running backs added to this roster because you can't go into OTAs, training camp even, especially with only three backs signed. I feel like, though, they're not going to take one before the fifth rounder. So fifth, sixth, seventh round, they're going to wait till the later rounds to address that. I'm fine with it. If they want to go that route, I just would look for a guy that's more speed uh, than he is power. So we'll see where George Payton lands in the draft. As we grab Nash the fifth here, real quick, I wanted to shout out Joshua Mize. Thank you so much for the stars on Facebook, my friend. Much love and respect. Uh, Nash says, good evening, priest. Apologies for missing the last broadcast. You know what? We were taking roll. We wondered where you were, big dog. He says, any news on the Broncos' ownership? And is Peyton still in the running? Go Broncos. Yeah, bro. Um, Hey, you're going to miss him sometimes. It's all good. It's all good. We know that you're going to weave the Huddle Up podcast into your life when you can. So it's all good. Um, and that's one of the benefits, too, of podcasts, right, that change the game. You can listen on demand. We love we love it when you're in the chat with us live contributing to the conversation, but there's always that. But, Zach, um, Joe Ellis actually spent a lot of time at the NFL owners meetings kind of giving a, an update on where things stand with ownership. He's kind of stuck to his very vague I guess it's semi-specific timeline of he does still expect to see a, a sale take place between now and the regular season, etc. cetera. Um, what did he say? Between nine and 22 different groups that are in the running for this thing. He couldn't be specific because of um, non-disclosure agreements, et cetera, et cetera. And he also highlighted the fact that, yes, they would love the next owner of the Denver Broncos, uh, to be minority ownership, whether it's black, whether it's Latino, that is a preference. But at the end of the day, Zach, you know, it's going to be about dollar dollar bills and who the right person is probably because the NFL, you know, they can veto in and out who they want in these situations. Um, so that's really the latest, unless you've picked up anything I might've missed. No, and there's a there's something written into the Pat Bolin Trust that dictates a fiduciary responsibility to sell the team to the highest bidder. Regardless of skin color, regardless of anything else, the highest bidder will own the Broncos. Um, to plug them a little bit, Mike Kliss had a pretty good story about nine prospective owners of the Broncos he published over the weekend. Among the list was the artist formerly known as Kanye West, now known as Ye. I find that super hard to believe, along with Antonio Brown. I still think Robert Smith is in the mix. A um, couple other local philanthropic billionaires are in the mix as well. But it's murky. They just had a court. There was a ruling in the Bolin case that I think muddied the waters a little more last month. So it's going to be a dragged out process. I wouldn't look for a resolution until training camp at the absolute earliest. Uh, real quick, silent one. This is interesting. He says, do you guys realize that Russell Wilson was number two in 2020 on the NFL top 100 players list? How did this happen? Meaning like, how did the Broncos get this guy? The Seattle Seahawks are going to be scratching their heads over that um, very question, I think, in the coming years. That's not me saying I think Drew Locke's going to go, you know, tank the Seahawks, but Russell Wilson, Drew Locke, Zach. Is not. 
I don't put much stock into the NFL Top 100. That's literally a popularity contest, more so than the Pro Bowl is. He made that ranking in 2020 because he's Russell Wilson, and for years he's been an elite quarterback. I want to see him be you know, number two or number five on the field when it matters come September, and I think he will be. Lawrence, appreciate you, buddy. Fellas, I'm shopping for the groceries. Got to eat, but I still need my pod. See, we love hearing it, um, how you guys fit us in to your daily lives. You know, it's it's very um, it's very flattering. That's the best way to put it. Love you. Appreciate you, Lawrence. Uh, Mill in the house. 727 Mill, what is good? Thank you for the super chat. He says, running backs, uh, Damian Pierce, Florida, or Jerome Ford of Cincinnati in the draft. Forget Melvin Gordon. He acted like a charger anyway with all the fumbles. Yeah, Melvin, uh, there's a little bit of news on Melvin today. We learned Keith Cummings had the article for us at milehighhuddle.com. Go give it a read. But evidently, Zach, Melvin Gordon not too happy with how long he's languished on the open market as a free agent, fired his agent representation and hired new uh, representation at Athletes First. So Broncos remain in kind of a holding pattern with Melvin Gordon. They are interested in bringing him back. Phil, what's up, buddy? Appreciate you. Yes, let's write. Broncos are interested in bringing Melvin back, Zach, but only at the right number. George Payton has already put together what that number is, and unless Melvin is willing to play ball on that number, it's next for George Payton. When you fire your reps, you're pretty much getting in a desperation mood. And the fact that he's still on the open market would signal just that. And Melvin is used to getting paid $8 million a year. And he was so overpaid that when his current reps couldn't replicate that contract that John Elway handed out, he fired his agent. I mean, he, he was never going to get that. He was always overpaid. It was never about the player. It was always about the money with him. $2.5 million, if he wants to come back as the understood backup to Javante Williams, I am fine with that. I am more than fine. But if they want to go for a rookie running back in the draft, like anyone we've named so far, I am fine with that as well. So we'll see where George Payton goes. Speaking of running backs, yes, indeed. Barry Sanders was a joy to watch. And Barry Sanders, when I became aware of the NFL, my first football memory as far as the NFL and the Broncos was the um, Super Bowl against Washington in January or whatever that was, February of 88. It was the 87 season, but you know how it goes with the Super Bowl. And then I think it was the next year, 88, or it was that year. Later that year, Barry Sanders gets drafted out of Oklahoma State, goes on, uh, what was it, Zach, a nine-year tear, I want to say. I mean, just – Almost unprecedented outside of James, uh, uh, Jim Brown, excuse me. It's on it his heretofore, it had been unseen. And then the dude has cashews made of stone when the Lions won't play ball and maybe acquiesce to a trade, let him go play somewhere on the back nine of his career where he can compete. He says, Cool, peace out, retires, dude. I, I'm a big Barry Sanders guy. And then we'll grab Ronnie, one of the great craftsmen in our community. Yeah, I was a Barry guy as well, and um, I'm still kind of stunned by that retirement, but he was smart to get out of the game while he was still healthy, and he made money, and he was a legend, and uh, one of the greats of our time. He really was, and especially when you realize this dude was 5'8", 5'8", 200 pounds. Ronnie, he says, here's an off-the-wall question. Throwback uniforms, 22, uh, 2022, are they going to wear the 80s style or the mustard yellow style this year? Do you guys know definitively? Don't know definitively. I hope it's not the mustard, those vertical yellow and brown socks, man. Like that's for the birds, man. That's for you got to be a hippie in the 60s, maybe, to fully appreciate those 
uniforms. But it would be really cool, I think, Zach, to finally say, look, throwback time. Okay, cool. We're going to roll out the the powder blue helmet and the, you know, what what would you call it? Neon orange, the classic Bronco uniform. As long as they have this emblem on their helmets, I'm fine. I think it's the coolest color combination, the coolest logo. I'm down for throwback uniforms, but I, I wouldn't make a permanent change. I think the Broncos have some of the cleanest looks in the NFL. So, GLP, good to see you, buddy. Appreciate Gary Leeds Palmer in the house. Yes, indeed, my friend. Let's ride. Um, also, shout out to Leroy Williams saying, good evening, podcast priest, mile high salute. Right back at you, big dog. Why do the football world seem to dislike our Broncos? Why do we get so many haters? Despite the great moves we made, we're still hated. I don't know. I think that's one of those. I feel you. I know what, what you're saying here. People are skeptical of Russ and, you know, this has been a team in the doldrums for basically six years. But um, I think it's one of those things, Zach, where fans of all stripes pick the sport, pick the profession, pick the team. You know, there's always kind of that chip on your shoulder where unless you're a Yankees fan, Patriots fan, maybe Cowboys fan, you always feel like you're being disrespected. You kind of read into things maybe a little bit more than than is really there. In the case of the Denver Broncos, though, why should people all of a sudden think about it like this, just objectively? Broncos have won, what, five, let's see, seven, five, six, trying to remember just how bad this each season has been. This team has been nothing since hoisting the Lombardi Trophy and as exciting and as prolific and as accomplished, Zach, as Russell Wilson is. This it's uncharted territory. We've seen Peyton Manning go from one place to another, have success. We then we saw Tom Brady do it. We saw Matt Stafford do it last year. But you know, there's no guarantee. So people, I think, if they're skeptical, it's a, more Zach in kind of a holding pattern kind of kind of skepticism where it's like, hey, we'll believe it when we see it. It's like the same reason the Bengals were underdogs the entire season last year. I mean, even with Joe Burrow in his first year, people were saying, well, it's the Bengals. They've been irrelevant for so long. Let's see him prove it before we crown them as a, a contender, not a pretender. Same thing for the Broncos. They've been so irrelevant, and the national media is so incompetent. When you combine those two factors, you're going to have the haters coming out of the woodwork even after the Broncos got a generational quarterback upgrade in Russell Wilson. They'll all change their tune, though. They will badmouth Denver up until week one, and when the Broncos win that first game, when, not if, they win that first game, they are all going to start singing the Broncos' praises. They are just sheep. That's the national media. They will go with whatever narrative is flowing in their minds that day, whatever anyone else tells them to believe. They will parrot. Don't listen to them. Listen to the folks like us in the national markets that or the local markets that know what we're talking about. They are boobs with a capital B. <laughs> Michael Ronquillo in the house, just one of the great pillars in our community. Love you, bro. Thank you for everything that you do. He says, nice hat, Zach. I got my throwback, Big D Broncos hat today. Go Broncos. That's dope, dude. That's dope. Uh, Dave Millage in the house, up in Canada, proving without a doubt Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Even up north of the 49th parallel, Dave says, hey, Great news. The sun just broke on a rainy day up here. Ha ha. Evening, MHH. Chad, Zach, and Scott. Let's have a great week. Injuries? Yes, a big yes, but there is an upside to Bryce Callahan. Should we go for it? D in BC, British Columbia. Awesome, Dave. Really appreciate that generosity and support, my friend. 
Zach Callahan is still out there. The Broncos went out and signed K1 um, Williams. I don't know. What do you think? That's that. Put it into that. I mean, it was either K1 or Bryce Callahan. They're pretty much the same player. They both have injury histories. They're both good slot cornerbacks when healthy. They're both good against the run when they're healthy. I'm taking K1 at 2.5 million and not adding on to that with another injury prone cornerback. I'm drafting that guy all day, every day, and, and probably taking two or three corners. Quite frankly, in this year's draft hall, I'm not, I'm leaving Bryce Callahan on the shelf. It's a good corner class. You can find some uh, some good early young role players. Yeah, that ship sailed, unfortunately, my friend. Bryce Callahan, they decided to go a different direction. Uh, Maurice, hey, he says, just got back from three weeks in Scotland. Missed you all in the chats. Let's go. Love that, dude. How was it? What was the flight like? And by that, I mean, like, how long was it? If you were to fly from the Rockies, pardon me, what would that be like in terms of time in the air? I hate flying. I hate it, dude. I've gotten better about it, but I hate flying, dude. I dread it. Can't wait to get out of there. I feel like a sardine in a can flying at 10,000 feet. Dude, I hate flying. Yeah, I don't mind it, but like I feel a little sketched at takeoff because I get that helpless feeling. You know, when you're up in the air and the wheels come up, can't do anything about it. It's not like a car where you can just get out the door. It's it's that it's that scary feeling. So it's like people uh, when I started having these kind of anxieties about it because I wasn't always this way for what it's worth. I mean, I flew more times than I could ever count as a child. In fact, my first flight, I was alone, four years old. I flew by myself. All right. I never tripped on flying when I was a kid, as a teenager, as a young man. Then I went about six or seven years probably without flying in that time period, settled down, had a family. You know, I don't know if that's what it was, but people my, like my dad, who you've met, dude, you got to quit tripping. Look at the statistics. Flying in the air, dude, I mean, way safer from a, a statistical perspective than driving. And I said, yeah, I get it. More people uh are going to be harmed or die, God forbid, in car accidents than they are in the air. But you have control to to a large extent. Not always. You know, you hear those horror stories about a car jumping the median and head on and all this terrible things, accidents like that do happen. But there's something, Zach, about saying, all right, at least I have even the illusion of control over my own destiny here. We're going to have to get you a cruiser like John Madden. We'll call it the uh, the, <laughs> the Jensen bust or something like that. I think you'd be yeah, down. Maybe, maybe. David Wilder, what's good, buddy? Thanks for being in the chat. All the stars, your support, my friend, means the world to us. Uh, speaking of injuries, Zach, um, and then, by the way, David says, I think Russ will prove his detractors wrong just like Peyton did. Let's ride. I think so, buddy. Um and Albert says, hey, should I post the link for the jerseys I sent you yesterday? So if you guys can remember, Albert was like, hey, I'm stoked for my birthday. I got a Demarius Thomas jersey. And I'm like, dude, where did you find that? Because I used all of the legitimate outlets for um, you know, apparel, right? All the team stores, including Fanatics. There was nary a Demarius Thomas jersey to be found from the time he unfortunately passed away, RIP, to DT. He sent me a link. I ordered a few of them just to have in the hopper for people when the time arises. Um, I don't know. I don't think it would hurt. Albert, put it in the chat if people want to check it out. It seems legit. You got yours through that. I ordered. I haven't got mine yet. Or, you know, so I don't know. But it looks legit. Um, Zach, speaking of injuries and all this, you know, one thing we didn't talk about last week in uh, Nathaniel Hackett's remarks at the NFL owners meetings 
was his kind of, um, I don't know, I kind of interpret it as putting Bradley Chubb on notice a little bit when he was asked about his expectations for Bradley Chubb in 2022. Um, here's what he said real quick, guys. Quote, hey, coach, what's your thoughts on Chubb? Quote, he could be another dominant guy. Y'all know he was rolling early. I remember when we played him in 2019, the Packers, we were really nervous about him. He was rolling. For him, it's get out on the field, be available, and get after the quarterback as much as you can. It's that simple. But, Zach, the words that stuck out to me like a lightning rod was be available. The best availability, isn't it? I mean, it's not just a cliche. It's a way of life in the NFL. Bradley Chubb cannot help his team or himself, really, in a fifth year, a contract year, uh, from the bench or the sideline or the trainer's table. He have to, has to stay healthy. He has to hope that ankle is up to snuff and he has injury luck on his side. If he does, as Hackett said, we saw what he can be when he's starting to hit his peak and hit his stride. He can really be a 12, maybe 15 sack a year guy. And the Broncos would love to have that. They would love to pay Bradley Chubb a second contract. George Payton would love to cut that check, but he's not going to until Chubb proves that he's worthy of that. And the only way he can, or one of the big ways he can, is staying healthy for all 17 regular season games and then the couple playoff games we'll have. By the way, Michael, in the chat, he says, Hey, boys, want a shout out from Rochester, New York. Go Broncos Nation. Now, look, I'm not one of these snooty guys that's going to put you down for using Broncos Nation because it's an honest, it's a genuine thing what you're saying. But I want to remind you officially, it's Broncos country, big dog. Love watching you guys. First time commenting. Well, hey, dude, thanks for chipping into the conversation. Uh, Mill jumps in again. Thanks, buddy. Sorry, I'm a Florida Gators fan, but I wonder why Tyree Cleveland doesn't return kicks like he did in college. You know, he's returned a few for the Broncos, and he's actually, his average isn't half bad. But for whatever reason, man, the Broncos under Vic Fangio in particular, I don't know if it was a Tom McMahon thing, Zach, or if it was a Vic Fangio thing, but they liked them. They loved them. Some Deontay Spencer. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the answer to the question is Tom McMahon. They made a lot of boneheaded, puzzling moves under his regime, and I guess not using Cleveland was one of them. So uh, we'll see if that changes under the new special teams coordinator. Tina wants to see the Broncos snag James Cook, and I think that would be really cool, younger brother Dalvin Cook. But is he going to be there at 64, and do you want to trade up again second time in as many years to draft a running back? I mean, if he's there at 64, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't love it just because of some of the other pressing needs, but he's definitely a very intriguing young ball carrier, Zach. I'm literally like one of George Payton's biggest fans that he has. But if he takes a running back, I don't care whether it's Cook or anybody else at 64, I'm bad-mouthing that guy for quite a while. They have pressing needs throughout the roster, including right tackle, cornerback, safety, edge, inside linebacker that you have to address before running back after a year ago trading up, like you said, in the second round for Javante and then paying Mike Boone on top of that. You're good, George, at running back. Wait until the later rounds, please. Well, plus it would be slightly different if the Broncos still had their first round pick and even their other second round pick to use one of those on a running back. You kind of camouflage that selection through, you know, two other ones in the top uh, 64 picks. But in this case, you got to be even more, um, 
you got to really make that first pick count this year because you're not drafting till almost the beginning of the third round. And guys, I don't think George Payton has officially embraced the whole less need philosophy of F them picks. Like he still is a big believer in stockpiling picks and uh, building through the draft and all that. I'd be stunned if it's running back in the second round, but you know what? They're in a position, Zach, where they can be much more, um, what's what's the word uh, discipline to the to the BPA approach so if they go on the clock at pick 64 and the top rated player on their board is a running back and his name's James Cook it wouldn't shock me i guess in that sense if uh, that was the pick and by the way Lawrence is Peyton's burst of re-signings and hires over till the draft the hiring yes re-signs you still got a chance i think for Melvin and Kareem Jackson but the the you know tier 1 type stuff it's in the books yeah, to your last point, it would shock me if by 64, their BPA is a running back and not a right tackle, not a tight end, not a cornerback, et cetera, et cetera. They don't need to prioritize that at all. And I hope George Payton does it until day three. Amen, brother. All right. We are at 38 minutes. We're doing pretty good. Let's grab Davis jumping in. Says, uh, hey guys, I watch your show on YouTube every night. First time catching it live. Well, welcome and thank you for that super chat, Davis. Connect on Twitter. Huge fan of the show and the Broncos. Oh, uh, you're a sweetheart. Do you think the team gets new jerseys with a new owner? I don't think that's necessarily the next step. Like, hey, new owner, new owner comes in and says, hey, let's shake things up. Because you start dealing, Zach, with superstition here a little bit. And there's something to, you know, how much. We might like, for example, the hat you're wearing, the old logo, right? And the powder blue and the bright orange and all that. As cool as we like, we, we think that is. And in retrospect, you know, it's, it is cool. It's very retro and all that. Kind of had some bad luck, right? 0-4 in the Super Bowl with those colors. Then it was it the very year. I'm trying to remember. Wasn't it 97? They changed to the new look and the new helmet and the new logo, horse head, you know, Bronco head, all that back-to-back championships and now every world championship this team has is in those colors so if i'm a if i'm a new owner i'm not sure i'm like racing to go shake that up per se not in my first year at least you know i'm pretty much leaving everything as it is and i i would have bigger issues to worry about than the broncos jerseys if i'm the new owner of the team so no i don't think they will uh permanently change but they could introduce like a new throwback incorporating uh old logos or old colors like you see what i'm wearing right now so we'll see i'm not superstitious but i am a little stitious shout out michael scott lane thank you for the stars big dog appreciate you um okay let me see where we're at here gonna peruse the chat just a little bit sam bam jumping in again top roping it tonight thank you buddy he says the blueprint for offensive success what is it? Just don't do what Shermer did. Dude, you know what's funny about that is uh, I was watching a, I don't know, it was like one of those, there's a program that was on and you're like half asleep. You're trying to fall asleep. You're getting tired. So I don't even know why it was on, but it was something about um, uh, broken homes. It was like a kid that had grown up in a broken home and then went on to be a, a, a stepdad or something like that. And he said, hey, I learned – how to be a, a good step parent by simply just saying what what my step parents did as a kid, I just do the opposite. Whatever those things were in those situations, I I know that if I just do the opposite of what they would have done, I'm going to be on the right track. Similar principle here, Sam Bam, for your blueprint. And maybe there's some truth to it. 
I mean, just apply like 1% logic, 1% common sense, and 1% creativity, and you'll be the anti-Pat Shermer. No one talks about it enough, but like the upgrading they're getting on play calling alone, you can talk about Hackett being a first-time head coach, but as a play caller, it's going to be monumental for the Broncos offense. I cannot wait. See, Scott brings up some psychology here with my whole flight phobias here. He says, I never worried about a thing in my life until I had kids. Me neither. Before that, it was like, if this thing goes down, it goes down. After kids, it's like, damn, I have people counting on me. Amen, dude. That's exactly the anxiety, I think, if I really tried to, uh, when I first tried to get a handle on why all of a sudden I had this anxiety about flying, I think that was it. Uh, Leroy, hey, guys, just showing some love. Um, Let's see, just show some more love. I ordered a couple of T-shirts from your merch. Mile High Salute, guys, one love. Thanks, Leroy. Bro, appreciate you, big dog. Thank you. When you get them, don't forget to send us a selfie. We'll put it up on Instagram. Kayaka, what's good? We're going to be talking with Kayaka this month. If I'm not mistaken, it's on the 20th. In fact, I'm going to I'm gonna double-check that. Yeah, dude, Kayaka on the 20th. We got Shane Daniels this coming week, Wednesday, and then Ed on the 13th. So Kayaka, dude, it's going to be dope. He says, sponsors, who needs sponsors? We have the MHH Ohana. Let's ride. Yeah, dude, it's true. We don't have to have sponsors. So we it has to be the right situation for us, thanks to you and everyone in the community. Love you, bro. Can't wait to talk to you. Uh, JJ again. Thank you, buddy. He says, had to go to Florida last week from Alaska. 26 hours? What the Sam Hill? Did you, like, fly the opposite direction? Did you, like, go west around the, the circumference of the earth? Did you walk Make- there? Maybe that's how you have to do it from Alaska. Maybe you have to go like up and over Russia and the Eurasian landmass and then like cross the Atlantic. I don't know. Dude, that's gnarly. That would that to me is hell. You tell me, hey Chad, what is the uh epitome of absolute torment? It would be stuck in an airplane for 26 hours. No lie. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Christopher, thank you, buddy. Love your podcast, he says. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Uh, Dave from Georgia in the house. What's good, bro? He's a Mount Rushmore superstar. He says, two best teams in football, the Denver Broncos and whoever's playing the Raiders. Hashtag Broncos country. Yeah, you know, let the hatred flow a little bit more relative to the Raiders. I mean, when I was coming up, dude, when I was a young warthog, it was all about hating the Raiders. You didn't hate the Chargers. I mean, division rivals and all that. You didn't hate the Seahawks because in my day, the Seahawks were in the AFC West. You, depending on when you didn't really even hate the chiefs all that much. You hated the Raiders because by that point, the rivalry was so storied, but the Raiders were good back then. And now Zach, you know, you went from splitting with the Raiders pretty much every year that you were in this tailspin post Super Bowl 50 to getting swept last year. And so, yeah, let the hatred flow, baby. I can't find it, but we have a Raiders troll that comments like the Raiders flags in every video and every comment on YouTube. And like my response is, if you're listening out there, troll, the Raiders have not won a playoff game in two decades, decades, 20 years. I don't want to hear it. Your coach is Josh McDaniels. You're employing Tom McMahon. You have no room to talk. Discussion over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all want to see a dead body? Geiger Gaming in the house. What's up, dude? From Australia? Yeah, dude. It's great to see you. Where you been, Pete? Where you been, Peter? He says, it's been a minute, but I'm here. Finally watching live. 
And finally, there is hope. We're smashing the offseason. Bring on September. Broncos for life. State of being. Yes, you are a great state of being um, member of our community. And let's ride. Yes, indeed. Great to see you, bro. Hope you've been well. Thanks for the super chat. You the man. Thank you. Jay with another super sticker throwing down. Dude, thank you, brother. Alaska. We have a lot of members in our community up in Alaska. Randy's up there as well. I mean, Eric Trickle, his freaking Twitter account handle, at Alaskan Bronco. It used to be for a long time. Now it's at Eric Trickle. But um, yeah, Alaska, very kind, very friendly to Broncos country. And I think it must be, Zach. Actually, I don't know this. I would guess that it's like if you go anywhere in the Rockies, and you could be in Montana, you could be in um, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, uh, you could be in Nebraska even, but if you're kind of close to Denver and the surrounding states and you turn on the TV Sunday morning, if the Broncos are playing, you're going to get that game local. For Washington, you know, half of Montana, I know from friends, like from the you know, the western end of Montana, they their local is they get Seattle television. So they get Seattle market programming. Alaska, I was thinking, well, they must get a lot of Broncos. Actually, now that I think about it, I bet they get a lot of Seahawks. I bet they get Seahawks when it comes to like TV rights and local broadcast and whatnot. I bet you it's Seattle stuff. So I don't know. You'll have to clarify that for us, though. Uh, Jay, let us know. At least Broncos fans in Alaska will get to see Drew Locke still on their TVs. <laughs> D Porter in the house. What's good? He says, Hey guys, new fan here because of Naj Altaf. Legend is Naj. Welcome, D Porter. He says, By the way, don't sleep on Javante this season for fantasy. Love that dude. Zach, you're more of the fantasy ace than I am nowadays. I mean, they've brought in two, you know, road grading, run blocking offensive linemen, at least two that can contribute in Compton and Billy Turner. They also signed Ben Braden. They brought in a blocking tight end in Eric Tomlinson and a quarterback in Russell Wilson who thrives off play action. If Javante could accomplish what he did last year with that coaching and that quarterbacking and that O-line play, I can only imagine what he's going to do in year two. He's going to be the benefactor of all the runoff from the Let Russ Cook movement. I would say round two in fantasy would be the earliest you target Javante, but no later than round three, round four. He is going to be a steal for whoever takes him. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm stoked on Javante. I think it's, <clears throat> you know, it's going to come out in the wash the way fans are hoping that it will. I think there will be a little bit of getting used to the new blocking scheme, which is just, you know, it really prioritizes vision and instinct. Um and that kind of one cut, stick your foot in the dirt and get up, you know, north and south type of thing. And that's not really, he's never really been asked to do that as a, as kind of, you know, everyday bro type stuff. But I think he'll be just fine when it comes out in the wash. Might take him some reps, but he'll get there. Cody Dub, what's good, buddy? Who or what do y'all rank uh, Denver in all of the AFC teams? Um, well, again, as excited as we are, we gotta we gotta pump in a little bit of, let's just call it um, skeptical, let's say realistic, plausible skepticism. In that we don't know what it's going to look like yet. New head coach, new quarterback. We know a little something about that quarterback, but we don't know what he's going to do here. We don't know what the scheme is exactly. So that being said, what's your answer for Cody? 
I mean, it's easier to focus on the division. Obviously, the Chiefs, until proven otherwise, are the kings of the mountaintop there. The Broncos have to climb that hill before they can worry about the AFC as a whole. But, I mean, if my record prediction, which I think the Broncos will be 12-5, and five, if that's accurate, how, how do you not rank them as a top five, top six team at worst in the AFC? AFC is definitely a tougher conference nowadays, which is bizarre to say because for so long, it was the NFC was just king. But yeah, I, I think they're a top five AFC team. And that's, you know, might come off a little homerish, but defense is still mostly intact. You've got two legit edge rushers. You got a run clogging defensive tackle you just brought in. You've got good, if not great, I get it, uh, but good, solid off ball linebackers and a secondary that still has some studs in that, uh, in that room. So, Offensively, it all comes down to does the offense take long, uh, take flight, and I think it will. And if that's the case, dude, you're gonna the Broncos are gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Lane, thank you for the stars, appreciate that. Hey guys, I love the show. Preach. Are any of our current backs big bruisers that can come in and run people over in one or two down? Well, dude, Javante, that's Javante's thing, dude. Lane, I'm gonna do you a solid. You're on Facebook. I bet you could find a highlight. But if not, go to YouTube and just type in Javante Williams Broncos Highlights. Enter. NFL's YouTube channel actually has a clip cut up of his biggest runs as a rookie from 2021. Dude, if he got the ball in his <clears throat> pardon me, if he got the ball in his hands and it was a highlight worthy play, we're not talking, oh, he you know, kind of made a man miss to get around the edge and he was off to the races. Zach, this dude was like running the tackle over uh, at the first level. And then he's going to stiff arm the linebacker. And then he's going to jump over the safety and pick up 40. Like it's those type of runs lane over and over again. So the answer to that, yes. Now then rest type player. I don't think he needs a lot of rest. He's still young. That was one of the good things about Javante Tuzak when he was coming in is not a lot of aware on those tires because he split the backfield at North Carolina with Michael Carter. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to see Javante run over a person, uh, watch any Javante run from last season. You literally could not bring him down on first contact. Now on second or third contact, sometimes either. The guy is like amazing in that in that regard. But just to play devil's advocate, if Lane means a running back not named Javante on the Broncos roster, they don't have that guy. Mike Boone isn't that guy. Demaria Crockett's not that guy. Um Hey, uh, Haskins would be the Michigan running back they're looking at right now. That would be a bruising type, but do you need another one in this offense? Do you need a shift to your guy to pair with Javante? I think that's the way to go, but you have your bowling ball with butcher's knives right now, and his name is Pookie. No lie. Clayton, one of our great supporters, says, I know we're picking at 64, but would you guys trade back to get more picks for next year? We don't have a lot. Um, because it's not... Zach, this is a unique situation because it's not as if you are you, you traded away your first-round pick and now you're picking it. Well, the Broncos had pick nine, so now you're picking it the ninth pick in the second round. That's not what this is. You don't even get to make a selection till that gum near the, the beginning of the third round. So, you know, this team has a lot of strengths. There aren't many holes but I don't think you'd want to tempt fate too much. I think that second round pick is the one in this whole remaining grip of picks that George Payton still has that I would say, hold on to that one, hold on to that one. And then if you want to play loosey goosey, you know, 
dealing picks, this and that, try and stockpile for the future, do it in the third round, do it in the fourth round, whatever. But I would hold on to that second round pick because you need a tackle. And if not a tackle, you know, get a, get a, a edge rusher. Those are the two biggest things that I worry about as far as holes. I don't believe in trading back for the sake of trading back or trading up for that matter. If if their guys are off the board, they don't like who is available at 64, then sure, try to move back and stockpile a la uh, Howie Roseman and the trade the Eagles cut today with the Saints, acquiring a first and a third uh, next year to for the, the Saints to move up this year. But George Payton could work magic next first round next year. I mean, uh, I mean, the second round, he can trade back in the draft next year. He doesn't have to do it necessarily this year. Maybe in the third round, fourth round, he'll cut some smaller deals, but I think he makes his selection at 64. That's my prediction. Cottonmouth, what is that, two nights in a row, bro? Thank you. He says, five bones from the cornfields of Illinois. Have a great night, fellas. Dude, you're, you're a hashtag state of being legend, bro. Appreciate that. Thank you. My only critique for you, Cottonmouth78, is I can never find a Cottonmouth78 that I'm confident is you on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, do one of these in the mentions. If you're not on Twitter, okay, consider why not, because it's a great place to keep the conversation going, stay on top of the, the Bronco news, etc. Jacob Foster, what's good, bro? Winner of the jersey. I don't did I get the email from you? Let me look. I got it from Mark. Uh, we're good with Ethan. Uh Jacob, dude, you gotta send me an email. You won the jersey last month, bro. Mile High Huddle at Gmail. I need your shipping address and your jersey size. We'll get that coming. So thanks for the stars. Love you. Appreciate all that you do. Make sure you send me that email. Do it right now, in fact. You can keep the you can keep this going in a player or even X out and come back, dude. But go do that before you forget. Andrew Baker, what's good, bro? The concept that Judy might not get the rock due to Russ not hitting the middle of the field is nonsense. If Russ has to break out of the pocket, Jerry is going to be there. Plus, play action is going to ball with teams fearing the run and the pass. MHH for life. Thank you, Andrew. All good points. Yeah, I mean, people mistake the fact that Russ has not really ever been prolific thrown to tight ends, or I should say tight ends have never really had prolific production with Russell Wilson as some sort of reticence to throw over the middle or use the middle of the field. And while I haven't charted every single season, Zach, of Russell Wilson's 10-year NFL career, I think Russ takes what the, you know, the easy money in a sense, right? If it's there, he's going to take it. And when they do break the – that means if it's the middle of the field, that's where the ball's going. Dude can read a defense. Trust on that. But when the, the play breaks down, Jerry Judy's pretty good at, you know, scramble drill. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. You're right. I hate the anti-Jerry Judy takes. If he's open, Russell Wilson will find him. If, if he can get open, he will get the ball. It'll be up to Judy to catch the ball at that point, but he will get the opportunities when they are presented to him. And I think he's going to have a breakout season, quite frankly. All right, Zach, we are at 56 minutes, so we got a rapid fire. These remaining topics on everybody's mind. Shout out to Shane. We'll see you this week, buddy. Andre, and by the way, don't trip. I'll send you a little message on what to do to be prepared to, to come on the show. No big deal. Uh, Andre, where is that? What's that CH? Is that Chile or CHF currency? I think it is. Just wanted to say hi. Hope you're doing well. Hashtag let Russ cook. Thank you for that very generous super chat, Andre. Good to see you in the chat. I think that's what it is. I could be wrong. 
No? What is it? What is it, Scott? Do like charades where you have to kind of like mime a something to give us a hint. Um, the Duchess thrown down again. Thank you, my friend. She says, what are the details of the Saints and Eagles trade? I heard it's odd. Zach, what do you know? It's a freaking thesis paper. There's so many pick swaps taking place in this deal. Uh, basically, the Saints acquire the 16th and the 18th pick, or 16 and 19, and uh, the Eagles stockpiled a first and a third next year for the Saints to come up and probably get a quarterback in the first round. It's a really complicated trade. You can Google it, Michaela, but the gist is the Eagles uh, stockpiled capital for the 2023 draft. And I think Howie Roseman did a good job because that draft in certain areas is a lot better than this year's class. According to ESPN, in the trade, Saints received two 22 first-rounders and a 2022 sixth-rounder, while the Eagles received a 2022 first-rounder, a 23 first-rounder, a 24 second-rounder, plus 2022 third-rounder and seventh-round selections. After the trade, the Eagles will still pick twice in the 2022 first round. They also own the number 15 pick. So, yeah, it's like, what the Sam Hill? This is a weird, out of the blue, just bizarre trade. Uh, Dan, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Up in Canada, hey, dude, means a lot. Connect on Twitter, all right? Um, that's right, the Swiss guy. The Swiss guy. Why is it C, dude? See, it's 3 15 a.m. Bro, talk about being dedicated. Thank you, Andre. Much love and respect. But that, guys, is going to do it for tonight. So we'll see you on Wednesday. But Zach's going to handle some business for us. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. We're back on Wednesday evening, same time, same place. Until that point, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileHighHuddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow our producer, Scott, at Scout. Kennedy. If you want a hat like Chad's wearing any of our merch, it's right there, huddleuppod.com. And also keep it locked to facebook.com slash mylahuddlepod for all the latest on the podcasting network. And guys, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be anything each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. By the way, that's a good reminder. The one thing I spaced doing the raffles, I forgot to do the Apple podcast. So if you left a five-star review in the month of March, let not your heart be troubled. We'll do that raffle Wednesday night. All right. We'll, uh, we'll announce the winner of that. Uh, but a shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Oh, I got to reload it. Bear with me one second. Uh, throwing down. Appreciate Jacob Foster, Shane Daniels, the Aviator, GLP, Lana, Joshua Mize, Lawrence Rivera, David Wilder, Phil McLaughlin, Lane Meyer, Tina Fairchild, Andrew Baker. And then on YouTube, these great super chat superstars tonight, starting with JJ, Rello Takeover. Sam Bam, Nash the Fifth, uh, 727 Mill, The Duchess, Dave Millage, uh, Davis Fiala, a newer name, Kayaka, legend, uh, Dave from Georgia, Geiger Gaming, D Porter, Cody Dub, Cottonmouth 78, Andre, Dan, much love and respect to each and every one of you. We'll see you on Wednesday. Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.